he is committed to visual storytelling and running up the hill to be a filmmaker eventually he recently graduated from the asian college of journalism in chennai with a specialization in interactive and multimedia storytelling before journalism he wrote across various niches as a content writer and curator with the skills and experience he learned in the trade he also tries to put that to use as he pursues his stories in today's episode let's chat with saurish samantha on how lgbtq lives are portrayed in media this is the guiding voice podcast series the guiding voice for a better future this is your host navin samala and i'm a fellow it professional just on a mission to shape the careers and lives of millions across the globe in every episode we interact with industry experts or thought leaders or academicians or coaches across the globe to drive some insightful conversations that will help each one of you learn some amazing stuff also we share an interesting trivia or a fun fact towards the end folks you'll acquire more knowledge by tuning into tgv for every minute than any other podcast in this space thank you so much for joining me and today we are going to discuss an important topic how lgbtq plus is portrayed in media and we are pleased to have saurish part of tgv's journey in shaping the careers and lives of millions across the globe saurish i'm super excited to have you join tgv's mission in shaping the careers and lives of millions across the globe and thank you so much for accepting our invite and being a guest on this show as part of our lgbtq education series thank you so much navin i'm so happy to be here i'm so glad that you got in touch with me and we are doing this uh, you're doing a great job and i've gone through most of your episodes and uh, i hope that you produce more and you know educate more and you know like it's a great thing that you're doing perfect thank you so much and on this note i would also like to acknowledge sahila siraj our intern who connected both of us and that's why yes yes <laughs> thank you sir yes 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 i hope you'll thanks, listen thanks, to this episode thanks thanks yeah <laughs> all right now uh, let's jump into the topic today this uh, when it comes to this lgbtq they call them as minorities right that is where hmm. many people in this community face some sort of confrontation and some sort of hmm. molestation and there are so many things that the adverse things that they face can we yeah. briefly talk about two or three challenges that you face so far being a gay um so uh, first of all uh, i'd like to say that um, uh, uh, there's like a lot of misconceptions to begin with for instance we would refer ourselves as not a gay but like as gay or like that you know that's how the grammatical part would work when you said that you know uh, we face molestation and we face uh, other crises i mean which is very true of course we do i mean sexual harassment is something that a lot of lgbtq persons face but it's not the entirety of the kind of discrimination that is there because there are institutional discrimination there are other sorts of societal discrimination and socio economic insecurities that are there so it's like a wide distribution of a discrimination that lgbtq as a community faces i mean at least when it comes to india i can say that you know the layers of discrimination are very different and if in a global perspective some of the parts of the community are doubly marginalized because we have an intersection of caste and class in india that we always look at and top that over with lgbt discrimination so you know there are communities within the community who are like doubly marginalized so there are 
like various instances of different like uh, discrimination that one faces so it all depends on the context and the kind of political background you belong like uh, political or socioeconomic uh, stature you belong to yeah that makes sense and uh, i think uh, we need to spread a lot of awareness in fact that is one of the reasons why uh, the tgv has picked up in terms of serving to the lgbtq cause and so that more awareness can be spread and people start discussing these topics openly and start accepting the diversity and inclusion right on that note uh, let me pull up the recent controversy about a movie right i don't recall the name of the movie but it is trying to portray a gay military officer and all right despite of uh, this article 377 being passed by supreme court right why are these kind of controversies happening um yeah so onir is the director so onir uh, wanted to make this movie called vr he is known for making movies like my brother nikhil and one um and i think in most of his movies he have always dealt with the intricacies of lgbtq uh, struggles and relationships amongst other things that he has made in his movies so the movie that uh, that onir the director was trying to make is called vr and uh, it was still in the scripting which is pre production stage and so the thing is that there's a rule that uh, if you are uh, adapting or making fictional uh, characters uh, or any anything related to military or indian indian military army navy whatever i mean you need to pass that script through the uh, ministry of defense so that's the rule so if they approve of it then only you can uh, go ahead uh, with the script so that the, and, and following the protocol he had sent the script to the ministry of defense but it got rejected without uh, without giving any legitimate uh, justification as to why it was uh, it was rejected and uh, that is where the contention began so uh, 377 has nothing to do with this movie uh, first of all and uh, second of all this uh, 377 has a law uh, prohibited sex of any unnatural order deemed by the court and uh, which also included homosexual activity so the law was partially uh, sacked and so that is there so it did not offer us any special status as uh, human beings it did not say that uh, you can uh, have marriage equality rights it did not say that you will have special provisions uh, for uh, any reservations for that matter so that is there and when it comes to the movie the movie i think which is very obvious at this point the reason it got it the script did not got approved is because it wanted to portray indian army in a way because it would it would go against the values or ethos perhaps of the ministry of defense because ministry of defense historically has been uh, uh, had homophobic uh, in um, uh, instances where they would uh, they would uh, come up with a certain policy for instance you know like there has been i i just would not name that person but there has been uh, instances where uh, the very important people from the defense has said that you know we we won't allow homosexual uh, gay lgbt people in the army although there has been people who came up came out openly and some of them even left army so that is there those are the instances that there as well so yeah that's about it all right i think that makes sense uh, 
Saurishnu, let's talk about your employment. Typically, when um, somebody is applying for a job, there is an option to disclose your sexual orientation or at least the gender part, like male, female and other kind of thing. And uh, when you were employed by your current organization or previous organization and all, did you happen to disclose about your sexuality and all? And uh, what was your take? Um, see, I mean, uh, gender orientation and sexual orientation are two different things. Uh, I think you know that. And uh, uh, they, no, they did not ask him anything particularly about my sexual orientation. And it is uh, something that companies don't. Perhaps they know. Perhaps they don't. I wouldn't know that. I mean, of course, you know, uh, I'm open and I've been very open about my sexuality for a very long time. So that might give them some information if they just give one Google search about me or, you know, look at my Instagram or my Facebook. But apart from that, I mean, they would not outright ask me that, you know, what is what. Mm-hmm. And and that wouldn't be ethical. It depends. If you are working in media, I think the media houses really do not give a damn who you are as a person. Of course, I mean, the ground realities must might be different. Because, but on an organization level, I mean, there are strict policies against discrimination. If you are getting discriminated as a person, as an employee, I mean, there would be certain redressal mechanism that you can go ahead with. But that's the thing, right? I mean, we don't know exactly how other employee employers going to react, how your employee empl- employer would react. So it, it all depends on the context and the kind of people that you would be around. For instance, I mean, although I am open in my organization and, and although my team is fairly young and progressive in that sense, I mean, I never had any instances where, you know, I, I would be asked about who I am or would be like, there would be like a shock factor related to it. I mean, I did not, uh, honestly did not come across any instances uh, on that. But I, I don't know I mean, if I do, uh, I mean, that, that would be something that I would deal with eventually. But I've had stories, I've heard stories from other friends, other colleagues that, you know, like people who came out uh, very open about the sexuality. There were so many instances they were discriminated. Or it, it will be very subtle because you cannot outright discriminate a person in an organizational setting. But these subtle things also, you know, hamper your mental health. It really, you know, puts you uh, in a corner. It corners you. It makes you feel isolated. So these are some of the things that you might face because, you know, there's an always anxiety factor because you feel like, yeah, I am out and all, but you don't know how the next person is going to react when they get to know you, right? So, I mean, it's not the same when it comes to heterosexuals. So heterosexuality would be deemed as the normal thing, right? And it doesn't have that shock factor. But when it comes to homosexuality or other sexual orientations, and it would it would be like, oh, damn, you are gay or how is it? They would make you feel like, oh, you have some unique disease. And they would like to know more. So although they are not necessarily coming from a bad place, but it would be very awkward and it would be very, how should I put it? Like, just just like won't work for me. Uh. All right. I think that makes sense. Saurish, I think this has been great conversation so far. And I am really hmm. curious, like, where do you find some avenues where you find partners or friends? Okay. With the same sexual orientation and all. So there are dating apps like dating apps that heterosexual people would use otherwise like Tinder, Bumble. You can always find love if you're looking for love or you know want to connect with someone from the same orientation. You know, it's easier to go through these applications and find that. There are other very specific applications like Grindr, for instance. Grindr is a platform where uh, which is for LGBT people, although LGBT people do not necessarily the entire 
spectrum do not use the app but uh, necessarily gay men they use it so that is there and of course you know there are there might be community events it depends on which city you are from it depends on which college you are from and you know so you will always find communities and people uh, where you can connect and you know because i mean there's always a sense of community when it comes to lgbt people not necessarily but like in university spaces or in in any spaces of that sort so it depends from <clears throat> geography for instance i'm from kolkata i there's a thriving lgbt culture there in the sense that you know there has been a lot of gender sexuality movements and there's a lot of ngos who are working towards uh, uh, lgbt and you know they are they are trying to bring that conversation out so there's a lot of feminist groups there so you know these are little cohorts that you can found, find where you know you can have a sense of community and find people of who you might like or might not like i mean it it, it depends ha huh? all right so tinder hmm. and then you have grinder app and probably you can connect Uh, to the affinity groups within a particular city yes 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 okay. tinder bumble grinder planet romeo mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. there are other apps as well but these three like tinder bumble grinder these are like generally more popular okay. and and it's pretty accessible anyone with a smartphone can download them and you know they have to just just create a profile i mean i wouldn't wouldn't know like how secure this app would be because that would again depend on the user and the kind of people that they're interacting with but i mean of course you know in on dating apps there are horror stories i mean yeah. i'm sure you have heard of really bad experiences be it like irrespective of sexual orientation on dating apps yeah. so i mean there's always that you know like that factor that, that there will be red flags all over but you know you can just take a chance i mean it's not that bad all right now let's talk about uh, yourself in terms of when did you realize uh, about your orientation and also when did you start opening it up with your family and friends right. and how was their reaction right. right right you know i have a counter question for you i would ask you when did you realize that you were straight uh, to be honest it didn't happen like it was not a realization or uh, i i don't know like but i was keen on maybe when i started getting into puberty right from 13 years 14 years onwards maybe i started looking at girls yeah you have your answer then it's nothing different Yes. Awesome. Uh, so yeah, I do get I, I do get the curiosity, and I know a lot of people uh, who keep on asking me because I mean that's the primary source of curiosity because you know this this there's a concept that might seem alien because that is a concept that does not align with their experience with how they have went through puberty. So that's the first thing that I would ask. But I mean, it's the same. It's just you know it it comes to you naturally. Yeah. It's always like. But although it comes to you naturally, there's like another layer to it. There's a social layer to it because. you would feel like uh, am i supposed to do this because that is not how you were brought up that's not the mold you are in so you would keep questioning your own reality right so and that's the that's the biggest challenge that's the biggest take away from any conversation because it is always about the so- social aspect to it right because otherwise it would be just just be easier I mean, because when you feel like a girl as a man be like ha yeah i like a girl you can talk to your parents about it i mean not like very directly because the indian culture is very different but in general i mean there's a sense of like acceptance that you know that yeah i'm i'm on the right path but but the moment you deviate away from that path you feel like oh there's there's something different happening to me you'd be scared you'd be like yeah am i the only person going through this do i know anyone because obviously people wouldn't talk about it out in the open right so that is what a person goes through that uh, that is what i have went through and i know a lot of people who went through the same experience so there's a template the template being that you know you you know that you know who you are from the get go it is always a matter of acknowledging who you are 
and then there's a choice whether you would want to what whether you want to be out and open and you do not want to be out and open and that's fine i mean either way it's fine it's your life it's who you are and you can you can take the call it's that's the democratic thing about yourself i guess fair enough i think yeah that that clarified a lot and thanks for that counter question i always love mm-hmm. to be put on spot and now uh, this has been a fabulous conversation so far saurish and let's add some spice to the episode i'm going to open mm-hmm. up a few interesting rapid fire questions where you can answer them in roughly one mm-hmm. two three words that's it are you ready so let me fire the first bullet out of the rapid fire saurish mm-hmm. what what, yeah. what was your childhood fantasy my childhood fantasy would be to um, find the person that i love the most settle down have an anchor grow old with someone and perhaps open a publishing house be a successful writer stay somewhere in the hill top and like not give a damn about society that's my childhood <laughs> from what i've observed i think except for staying on the hill top you you're on your way of achieving all those things right yes 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 exactly and also away from the general population <laughs> good all right let me move on to the next one okay what would you bring to a desert island if you could bring only three things oh like uh, it has to be like some sort of a tactical thing right up to you see i mean if i am in a desert island and i'm alone i need to survive because that's what humans do survive if i knew that i'm coming to a desert island from the get go i will first get a swiss knife because it's multi purpose and you know you can do a lot of things with it uh perhaps a lighter because you know i can light fires with it and mm. jeans denim <laughs> any day because you know it's wear and tear and i can like survive and you know it would also save me from mosquito bites <laughs> wonderful <laughs> very creative all right let me move to my next question if your life was a movie who would mm. have the lead role and why Okay. Uh, as in like I, you want me to take like an actor who would play as me. Yes. Oh, okay. Is Ezra Miller? I would like Ezra Miller to play as me mm. because he is awesome. He's flamboyant. You might also see a movie called uh, Perks of Being a Wallflower. He is in that movie. Mm-hmm. And I I closely related to that character to an extent. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he would be the he would play the lead role. Awesome. All right so moving on what is the funniest moment in your life so far the funniest moment in my life so far would be when it has been a lot of moments actually it's actually moments where people have had weird questions about my sexuality and whatever like for instance there was this moment where this person had asked me how do you guys intercourse how and how does that work you know and i was like uh you know we we don't do anything we just you know rub our beards against one another and that's how we do it. and he actually believed it and, and and then i had to explain him that you know that's not how it works you know you can just google it up uh, and this is actually a very good question because i feel like there is a lack of sex ed in india so it's just not lgbt problem but rather like a general problem because lack of sex ed means you know like you just do not have idea have any idea what you're going on and you know that's also like misses a lot of uh, messed up instances so yeah <laughs> i get it mm-hmm. i get it all right so moving on to the next one what was your first drunk experience in case if you have done already yes yes i do um it was in uh, 2018 uh, uh, sorry 2019 new years and uh, i was getting drunk for the very first time and uh, a couple of seniors who just wanted to 
mess with me and they were like, huh, get this kid drunk. And I think I was just 18 back then or 17. I don't remember exactly, but uh, I was also in, uh, had a major crush on this person. And it was like this entire phase that I was going through. And, uh, that, you know, I just come, came out as a gay person and I'm just, you know, exploring myself and I fall in love with this guy who I know is straight and all. And I, I get drunk and I was so miserable. I cried. I listened to all the kind of sad songs that you can think of. And, and I just, you know, was a, I mean, I was just running around like doing dumb stuff and just like, you know, the, the first quintessential drunk experience where you do not know when you're getting drunk and you're just putting up a brave face saying that, oh, no, 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 I'm not drunk. I'm not drunk. I'm, I'm still sober. And then you're drunk. And the next moment you're puking all over the place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, funny experience. All right. So let me find the last bullet, uh, Saurish. Hmm. What is one electronic gadget that you'd like to see or invent yourself? Oh, yeah. A teleportation device. Any day. Like... <laughs> Just like, you know, I, you've seen Doraemon, I guess, you know, Doraemon is a very, uh, I mean, has this anywhere door and it, it just, you know, just pop it up any place and they can go wherever they want. I mean, although I would say, you know, if I ever do de- invent a device like that, it would be used by the military and that would have different connotations altogether. Mm-hmm. But yes, if I were to device and keep it to myself, I would have a teleportation device. I can go anywhere I want. Like, I'm having a busy day at work. Okay, let's just go to, like, a mountain and just have a quick tour, And then I'll come back to get back to work. So, yes. In, in fact, I'm a big fan of uh, Doraemon Door. <laughs> oh, yes, I know. It's quite handy, right? Like, imagine in a, a very uncomfortable situation where you just want to escape and you just, like, open the door and go to, I don't know, like, USA or UK. I don't know, like... <laughs> walk down the street for 10 minutes and come back. (laughs) Uh, I get it, yeah. That was amazing, Mm. rapid fire. A lot of uh, interesting Mm -hmm. stuff out there. With that, let me flip back to the mainstream and ask you one final question for today's conversation. Saurish, here is my last question before I let you go. What will be your one piece of advice, okay, to those who are stuck, okay, not being open up about their sexual Mm -hmm. orientation? Advice would mean that I am, I have some objective uh, transcendental experience that I've had and I can always say that oh yes you know this is going to work out for you just listen to me I am not like one of those life coaches but I can just say two things you know always look out at your surroundings because you know the circumstances matter a lot because you know what happens when it comes to being gay or LGBT person you know and then coming out there are two things you need to understand there's like the security that you have, I mean, the monetary security and the next thing is your own safety, right? Your physical security. Because things get hostile very quickly and you wouldn't even anticipate because the parents that you have been living with for years and you don't know how they're going to react to it. I mean, it's it's it all depends on how, you know, things pan out. But so, you know, like I think what I did, I can say that what I did is, you know, I had a sort of security in the sense, you know, I had a war, I had some work. I, you know, I, then I moved out of my place eventually. So, you know, this gave me a lot of encouragement and power over myself to uh, come out and, you know, like have that sense of, you know, belonging to myself first, and then I could go about it uh, to my parents. But if you are someone who's struggling with your sexuality in the sense that you are planning to come out, but you can't, you are in that zone where you're thinking, should I, or should I not, should I, or should I not? If your gut tells you to do it, I mean, you should go ahead, but do consider about your own safety 
first because that is very important find communities because that helps even if you cannot come out to your parents or your immediate friends find communities where you can find support and in you know, having friends allies is very important maybe your best friend to start with because they are more close to you they would understand you more you know just take it one step at a time because i know it's a lot to ask for to a person who's already struggling but i mean taking it slow is also like it is easier for you as well because you know when all the bombarding questions come come at your direction the moment you are when you come out it's going to get overwhelming so take it one step at a time perhaps and in terms of work if you're thinking that you you're lgbt and you know you're going to go to work and how it's going to pan out but let me tell you you know like if you are someone who's ready to lead leave a uh, lead a double life in the sense that you can disassociate disassociate from a work culture when a professional life and your personal life then yeah it's voila it's going to work out for you you wouldn't need to give, like give any accounts of your personal life to anyone i mean yeah i have seen a lot of people do it and but if you are someone who wants to be uh, to prove to themselves or rather want to you know like not have that boundary set up so you know you just have to like be a bit brave and you know go about it and just think about this like in, in this sense like what's the worst that can happen you know like people will leave you people will cut you off they will embarrass you but you know that's the thing right they are not paying for your rent you are paying for yourself you are doing things for yourself you are the person responsible for yourself so you know have that power you are powering yourself you are empowering yourself so you don't need to give a damn about anyone else wonderful so mm-hmm. thank you so much for those tips and uh, sorry this has been a fabulous conversation thank you so much for joining me today yes and it's been absolute pleasure interacting with you thank you likewise i'm so happy to be here and answer all these questions <laughs> so it was pleasure talking to saurish and folks in case mm-hmm. if you have any references related to speakers who can speak on either lgbtq topics or entrepreneurship or technology or personal transformation just reach out to me through the guiding voice for you at gmail.com or you can uh, message me on any of the social media platforms and we would like to host people that are passionate about spreading knowledge all right so before we move into the trivia section it is a small request in case if you haven't subscribed to the guiding voice on any of the platforms request you to do so from the app where you have tuned in from so that you will be notified of all the future episodes also if you have loved this episode please share with at least three of your friends or colleagues who can benefit from tgv so that your friends will learn new stuff like you and we will gain new subscribers thank you so much in advance now let's cruise into the trivia segment of today's episode and today's trivia is about the very first country to introduce same sex marriage you know what was that it was netherlands and as with many other progressive laws widening its citizens rights and liberties the netherlands was the first country in the entire world to introduce full same sex marriage on the 1st of april 2001 that's all for today thank you so much for tuning in folks this is navin your host and a fellow it professional and a passionate learner on a mission to make difference in the lives of millions across the globe until next time bye bye Thank you.